Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we are going to just bitch about this 7-5 to loss to the Edmonton Oilers. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Scotty, did you know bitch is actually a word you can say on the radio? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't even like non on air conversations between us involve so much cursing that I literally didn't even realize that, that you had dropped that in, in the cold open. I was like, I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> No, yeah, that's uh, so. There's like I, I did dead, know that now. Yeah, seven deadly words that you can't say, um, and I won't be listing them off even on a port- podcast format because we're technically, you know, for all ages. Uh, but I think when it's your sixth straight loss and you're two and eight in the last ten games, and both those two games. wins came in overtime. And look at the games. I think we warranted one or two. You know, I, I think we warranted words being dropped. Absolutely. I, I think it, I think it was warranted. Get it so, get it out of the way early too. Set the tone. We're tone set the tone. The tone. Yes, the tone is set. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. We are fired up because, well, I mean, you all know. If you guys, you're Red Wings fan, you know what happened last night. You know, you know. Uh, Scotty's also hosted. I don't know. Locked on Tigers. Explain it to me, please. You're about to find out. <laughs> you're gonna find. You're gonna learn today. You're gonna learn today. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. YouTube subscribers, four ninety seven. I'm gonna do a live update right now at twelve fifteen at night. Where are we at right now? Four ninety eight. Two subscribers to five hundred people. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're also like five followers away on Twitter from 2K. Oh, my Lord. People, do your jobs. <laughs> I'm not asking. I'm telling. Anyways, on today's docket. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who, you, wanna, you, you know what? Go ahead and lead it off because I know I have a lot to say. Sure, sure. Hey, just go, uh, just go just sure. take take it from me. I don't so, even want to at this point. The first four and a half minutes of the game were some of the worst hockey I've ever seen in my entire life at any level. Uh, I, I just covered high school hockey last week for the Detroit News. First, first five minutes of that easily was worse than anything I, I had watched over the last weekend. Not even really close. Um, ho- horrific goaltending. Grice was was not there. Just not 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 his day. Clearly, what an enigma he is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> just not not great, not great, Bob. Just really not great. And the defense in front of him, horrific. The, the pinnacle. Of of the horribleness and and the depths that the defense has has been and and has had this season, okay. The offense, what offense? <laughs> Non-existent. Then so we're down three nothing 
five minutes into the game. What, three goals on six shots on Grice? Three goals on six shots. Then, out of nowhere, like two minutes later, we, we then have more shots than Edmonton, and we were down. It was like six shots to one or six to two or something when they had scored their third goal. Then we then we lead in shots within like two or three minutes of, of the third goal being given up. And then mayhem the rest of the game. Absolute pandemonium. The gates of hell opened in this one, and yes. it, it was anarchy on ice. <laughs> Correct. I just – Scotty, the best way I can verbalize my feelings nice. towards this game is to just show you the game flow map of the Corsi in this game. And I'll explain it for the listeners at home who can't, who aren't watching, but this right here, Scotty, you see this graph, <laughs> these three blue Look dots, at this graph. the three blue dots are where Edmonton scores. And you can see yep. the Corsi is heavily on their side, pretty healthily on their side. Yep. Now, right after that, right after the goaltending change, when Adelkovich gets in net, it dips starkly to the Red Wings side of things. And then where Mark Stahl for, scores his first goal, it levels out, and then just for also, the rest of the game. Where, where when Stahl scored, it was more in our favor. We were down three to one after Mark Stahl, Stahl's goal. It was more in favor to the Wings than it ever was for Edmonton, and that yes. was halfway through the first period. So Edmonton Oilers took advantage of Detroit's inability to start games off, which is wild because Scotty a month and a half ago, the thing we were praising the red, we, when we were talking with, um, when we were talking with locked on New York Rangers, one of the things we kept talking about is how hot the Red Wings start in the first period and how they failed to finish games in the third. Dylan Larkin would always score with a minute and a half left. Or a minute Boy, and a half has in the that first. flipped the last It has month. absolutely flipped in the last 10, 11, 12 games. Since honestly, the Philadelphia Flyers home and home, the Red Wings have had an inability to score goals in the first, or not even score goals, but play ho competent hockey in the first period. And, you know, obviously the biggest, the big, our biggest gripe has been defense, but, you know, it's not just defense. Goaltending hasn't been there. Offense hasn't been able to get shots on that. This game, it was just the first five minutes. You know, Grice was bad, and uh, Grice was horrible in this one. And, it was rough, man. It let me let day. me let me focus in on that office. for a second. Let me focus in on Th Thomas Grice, Scotty. I gotta because go for him. What man. in All the you. hell is going on with Thomas Grice? But so three goals on six shots today. Game against Calgary, he started forty saves, stood on his head. It was a three nothing loss. Would have been way worse without him. Previous games before that, goalie swap, goalie swap, goalie swap, because he couldn't stop a beach ball. And, you know, last season, he was a second-half goaltender. And that's kind of how, how he's been with the Red Wings. He's, first half of the season, he's been bad. Second half of the season, he's been stellar. This season, first half of the season, he was bad. Came off COVID, hot for like a week and a half. And now he's just been all over the place. I mean, yeah. I don't want to try and figure out Thomas Grice's situation because at this point, it just seems like he's inconsistent, and that's what Thomas Grice is but so wildly inconsistent. Not like a pretty good game here, pretty bad game here. It's either stellar or 
horrible. And I know the defense in front of him is not very good right now. And I, I will grant that. But this is inexcusable. I, I, I want to start a petition uh, to allow the Detroit Red Wings to play every Grice game in Madison Square Garden in New York. <laughs> that's my That's my petition that I'm going to start. Sign the petition to get the NHL to allow the Red Wings to have MSG just be their home ice whenever Grice is in net. Yes, let's just do that. We'd never lose ever again. Clearly, that, that's got to be the solution because he's, he's the kryptonite. You know what? That's who we're going to trade him to. The they New York Rangers are going to trade, trade for Grice just so that they uh, don't have to face I him. truly think someone in their division or like someone that that has to play the Rangers a lot down the stretch to get to the postseason actually should just lob us like a six for him. Well, and if you want to play devil's advocate too, Scotty, he did face six, four of the six shots he faced were, were in high danger scoring areas. And that does speak to the continue, the, the defense's continued inability to it's protect bad, goalies man. down low. It's really and, bad. You know, going into the next segment, I will show you, and I, you know, this has become a thing we like to do. We'll show you the heat map, the shot heat map that took place in this game. I haven't seen it yet. Because it's not very good. It's not very encouraging. So yeah, Grice was bad. Six, three, three goals on six shots, inexcusable. Tough. But we will always grant that the defense did not help out that much, and I'm going to prove that. Also tough. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. All right, Scotty, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready, baby. All right. Now I have to find the button. Submit form. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Here we go. This is at all situations. Uh, oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. So there's a lot to break down here. Um, Describe wow. it in detail for the listener, too. Make sure that sure. people who aren't watching on YouTube know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, uh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. So Edmonton. I mean, first off, every single goal is from pretty much right in front of the net. Yeah, like high danger areas, pretty much every single one. Right. And not only is is every goal from right there, almost all their shots. I mean, there's there's not really any more red on the for for the Oilers outside of a massive Pacific Ocean sized red spot from I think it goes past the goalie lines behind the net on both ends. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because two goals were scored from behind the net in this game. One for the so, Red Wings, right. one for the Oilers. Is so it almost it, it, it does. There you go. So it literally goes from circle to circle. Yes. But but it but not in the middle, like in the point area, like literally right in front of the net, but from circle to circle. That is that that's some defense right there that's definitely being played. And that's why again, 
I will reiterate, and I don't want to focus entirely on the first five minutes of this hockey game because there are a lot of positives in this game, but it's so detrimental to any success you are trying to have as an organization when in the first five minutes you let up three goals. And again, Grice's play was in, a, you know, you don't, you can't make an excuse for three goals on six shots. I've seen yeah, well, his, four also times saying his, his, yeah, the second goal specifically was, was really rough. Really bad. The one, again, yeah. one uh, McDavid scored. Yeah. Yeah. That was but, rough goaltending. When all seven of your opponent's goals, well, six, because one was an empty netter, come from that area, I mean, that just speaks to how poor the defense is. And that's why, even though the Nedeljkovic had an 80 save percentage, I think he played fine in this game. There were a couple of really bad bounces. You know, Ulevi made a really good, in his Red Wings debut, uh, may, actually had a really solid game. He made a he had a nice block shot on Vander Kane, and the puck went right back to Vander Kane, gave him the puck wide, all alone in the slot. Horrible bounce. Another goal against Nedeljkovic went off of Mark Stahl. Like it was just Mark Stahl was going down the block to pass, and it unfortunately went off his skate into the net. I mean, it's just those were bad bounces. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, only I wanna, don't want to harp on Grice and make excuses for Nedeljkovic, but these are the facts. This is which is what happened. You know, Nedeljkovic got unlucky um, in terms of bounces, but Grice got unlucky in terms of his defenses play in front of him, but he's also got to make the saves. Yep. On the positive side of things, the Red Wings heat map is very encouraging in this one. Obviously, Mark, St- Mark Stoll had two copy and paste goals from the blue line. For- copy and paste, dog. They were the ig- they showed the replay, and I was and I because I had tweeted out like Mark Stoll shows another, and then they they did a replay of it, and I was like, oh, I, I, oh shoot, like I I just screwed up. Like they they were just showing a replay of his last one. He didn't score again. And then they were like, oh, no, like, that's his second of the night. I was like, wait a minute. Like, it was it was straight up the exact same. It was crazy. No, and, like, the only difference was, like, oh, this one was, you know, glove high rather than, you know, I, you know ice level. Right. It was um, – no, and that, that was one of the positives to see. And the heat map for the Red Wings shows an increase in pressure down low. And that's where the after the first five minutes, the Red Wings really came alive offensively. Now, defensively – there was still a lot to be desired, but they did shore that up in the last 55 minutes of that hockey game. Um, they honestly, by all metrics, Scotty, outplayed the Edmonton Oilers outside of those first uh, 55 minutes. I mean, I showed you the Corsi chart where after the after that third goal got scored for the Edmonton Oilers, it dipped to the Red Wings side and continued going to the Red Wings side, even when Oilers were scoring goals. You know, if you want to go even further than that, my, my new favorite stat that I talk about is expected goals for percentage. I don't know how well you can see this on share screen, but if you look at the Red Wings expected goals for percentage by period, first period, 62%. So they had 62% of the quality shots taken in the first period. In the second period, it was 79%. That was the period I thought they definitely played the best. They played a lot of possession. I didn't think they were threatening a lot, but they were shutting down the Oilers a lot, shutting down a lot of their their chances a lot. Um, and then the third period, again, 62%. That's, that's by all you know, intents and purposes, a dominating performance by the Detroit Red Wings. And they gave up seven goals and lost seven to five. Yeah. This team's an enigma, man. It is. And, and I think that especially in the second and third periods and really the first sands, the first five minutes of the game that really just consistently comes down to we're getting our opportunities. We've been scoring goals and it's not even, well, I can't even say that. <laughs> the uh, it's even 
the the opposing team doesn't even have possession of the puck like the entire second and third period. We're not losing and and the other team is is dominating us because they have the puck the entire time. It's just the few times that they do, they are always able to score because our defense and goaltending has been so atrocious. Yes. And I don't know if you saw that there while I was sharing the screen, but in the second period, and the Red Wings had the highest expected goal score percentage, the Red Wings had three high danger scoring chances while the um, Edmonton Oilers had zero. The, that's why it was night and day in the second period is the Red Wings were able to shut down the Red uh, the Edmonton Oilers offense because the defense really shored up. And I, I mean, I, you know, Ole Ulevi in his first game as a Detroit Red Wing, I think played really solid. I was actually impressed with his play. You know, he had that unfortunate bounce where he blocked the shot, went back to Evander Kane. But, you know, I, I'm not going to make a knee-jerk reaction based on one game, but it was it was nice to see some competent defense back there. Yeah, what? Well, uh, <laughs> Go on. To, to our standards, sure. To sure. our standards, yeah, let's say. The, Relative to the Red Wings. What, right, to what we've been getting the rest of the, this whole season, I guess, sure. Um, but no, it's it, regardless of, of, of all of that, um, it, it is still... He had a very a game that would would encourage a lot of people and makes people excited about him playing going forward, and I'm 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 pumped about it. It's it's a it, it was fun, it was fun. This game was fun for a little bit, believe it or not. It was fun for the mo- majority of it. It's just when those con- those weak goals continue to happen or the unlucky bounces, you go, God, this team can't catch a break. I mean, seven goals against again that raises. You know that average goals against that I gave you just yesterday, where it's five point four. Well, now you let in seven, so that's going to raise that goals against average in the last 10 games. I mean, t- you can't survive on something like that. I mean, this is, for, by all intents and purposes, a spiral. And, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being a dead horse here, but it comes back to that first five minutes. Those first five minutes don't happen. This is a completely different game. The Red Wings dominate the Edmonton Oilers. But they just can't, they just have had the inability to start hockey games on the right foot recently. And, you know, part of that. You know what the crazy thing is, though. What you you say you say we would have dominated, right? You take out the three in the first five in the empty netter, we would have dominated, and it would have been five to three. Yes. No. I mean, that's a solid point. Like that's still. You know what I'm saying? Like well, dominated offensively, but defensively is still that's that's always right. going to be a liability. It's just such it's so bad that even when we would dominate a game. You're looking at like a 5-3, like 6-4 final. Like, that's a problem. Well, you know what, Scotty? You give me the perfect – that's a perfect segue to bring up the hockey stat card because this is – it just is further evidence to what we're talking about because look at this. The Red Wings had nothing – and this is rare for the Detroit Red Wings in this stretch. Like, in this stretch of where they've been playing poorly, you know, it's been poor across the board. No one's had, had a positive impact. In this game against the Edmonton Oilers, they got shelled and let in seven goals, but they dominated offensively. That's the caveat. Because if you look at the hockey stat card, well, everyone's in the positive overall. Sans three players, everyone is a negative impact defensively. And it just (laughs) is like, look at that. It's crazy. This is nonsense. How does a team that puts Look at the offense. Look how. Every single person and their mother was excellent offensively and just 
train wrecks on the defensive end, man. Yeah. I I have my I tweet, goodness. I, I just honestly at this point, man, I have no words. I mean, Sam Gagne having an unreal game. And the king. You know, let's let me do one one more ad read. Psych. Don't have one here. Let's get right into Psych. I lied. Psych. I lied. Psych. Um, I don't know why I said psych again. I'm losing my damn mind over this team right now. <laughs> Going crazy. Let's talk about some of the individual performances in this game. We, we kind of mentioned, I touched on Ole Uolevi. I touched on Thomas Grice and Adelkovich's performance. Mark Stahl had probably his best game as a Detroit Red Wing tonight. Phenomenal. Last night at this Career point. game 1001. Yeah. The you champ. Know, he just knows the trade vet and trade deadlines right around the corner, and he knows that the Edmonton Oilers could use a little bit of defense. <laughs> but on a showcase. Sure, bro. sure. Fair but enough. no, I mean, it wasn't even just the goal. Like, obviously, Mort Sider got the assist on um, Mark Stahl's first goal. Nice, you know, nice look across. Mark Stahl getting, taking a nice slap shot on net. I mean, both those goals were kind of the same situation. I mean, there's just a ton of value to having a guy getting a slap shot. But even after that, he was facilitating plays. He was getting involved offensively. I mean, this is a guy who's not necessarily known as, you know, a, I mean, he's more of an offensive defensive man now in his career, but he's not necessarily been known for that throughout his con- career. And for the first time ever, he has two goals in one game. And even outside those goals, he, like I said, was facilitating plays. He looked good in this game. He looked fantastic. Yeah, he was He was running point. I mean, yeah. my goodness. He was, he was running point, basically. He was running quarterback of... Of, uh, of the offense for like a majority of his time on the ice. The dude was, was a monster offensively. I mean, uh, uh, like for, uh, he was clappers at the net, sent it, sent it rockets. Um, really like let, let, you know, like I said, directed play. He, he was, he, he was quarterback at, on the blue line would wait for somebody to, to set a screen or wait for somebody to get in front of the net. Just let it rip. I mean, he, yeah, he looked Big phenomenal. Way. Good passing. You set set a couple of people. I mean, Mark Stahl was the man tonight. He looked really good, and I mean, there were the the other. Uh, wow, wow! Don't know where my uh, brain yeah, was going know. with that I don't one. Know what that was? I just slurred like three sentences together. <laughs> no, Mark Stahl definitely uh, was one of the better looking players in this game. Olio Levy as well. Uh, he had an expected goals for percentage of like seventy seven in this game. Although everyone sounds like three players had a positive impact in this game, scoring chance-wise. Literally, there were three players underneath 50 on this team, right, on this game, and we lost by three goals, two goals. <laughs> I don't. This game is mind-boggling. But back to the individual performances, because I keep getting distracted by how they dominated possession <laughs> metrics and lost by <laughs> giving up seven goals. Um, yeah, so the Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, Vladislav Nemesnikov line – and the Pew Suter, Philip Zidane, and Giovanni Smith line were fantastic in this game. Yeah, let's um, talk about as a, it. Let's as a talk line about it. Let's talk about who looked great up on the second line. Let's talk about it. There was one specific play where Giovanni Smith came flying down the wing, chasing a, a, a free puck. And I, I mean, I tweeted about it. I did not know Giovanni Smith had that kind of speed because that's not the ty- typical game he plays. But he was flying, and I was like, who, what? Who is that? I honestly was so that's shocked. The 
the king. I was so shocked at his speed that I'm like, why doesn't he utilize that more often? I know physicality is his game, but there's so much value in being able to fly down the wing to beat out uh, opponents to get those open pucks. And you saw it. He, and this is why another one of the reasons why Sam Gagne had, you know, statistically had a great game because he was getting set up for plays, he was setting up for plays, and he had a great assist or a great goal as well. Well, not a great goal. He got a lucky goal. Um, but Giovanni Smith made that pass to a late in the zone, Sam Gagne, who got the shot and then got his own rebound and almost scored immediately. And then Sam Gagne also gave Jacob Vrana a breakaway pass. For what it's worth, Giovanni Smith scored tonight. Screw high sticking. Giovanni Smith scored a goal tonight. All right. Let it be known. Puck went in the net. Um, but no, no. And, and also, for what it's worth, when you looked at the, the hockey scorecard, He's he was one of the only players that was positive in every facet. He was he and and he wasn't, you know, a plus three in everything, but he was above zero in everything, which no. yeah, not here, too many me, people could have said tonight because everyone was so horrible defensively. Let me throw that back up on there for you, just so, so people know what you're talking about. He was fourth from the bottom in overall impact because his impact on each of those areas was just barely on the positive side of zero, but he was a positive impact in all of those categories, offensively, defensively, and individual. He was a positive impact, although just barely in each of those categories, but he was playing in a role that a player like himself probably isn't going to be playing that often in his career. He was and, on the second line and he looked fun. He looked good. And I think all of us, would commit a crime to get some net zero defense in this place. Oh, absolutely. Like, I like it's <laughs> just for what it's worth. Like I, I think, I think he deserves a ton of credit. I know that I like he's I I, I love him, but he I, I think he deserves uh, a ton of credit for stepping up into a second line role and not being a liability in in any facet of the game. Well, and this is where so you want to talk about net positive defense. The entire first offensive line was a net positive defense. Flat. They were net positives all the way around. Um, Larkin, Nemesnikov had a had a fantastic game defensively and offensively. He created a couple of really good chances, almost scored on one of them. And of course, Lucas Raymond. And a big part of that is probably impacted due due to Lucas Raymond's goal. I mean, Dylan Larkin going behind the net, picking the pocket of you know the goaltender Koskinen, and throwing it out out front for Raymond to score is going to have a huge, you know. Um, effect on swinging that stat card. But I mean, it was a big goal. It tied the game at five apiece in the third period. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, well, at this point, anything is going to happen. That's, you know, that's the second time that Dylan Larkin has capitalized on an Edmonton Oilers goaltender mistake this season. To yeah. Result right. in a goal. That's right. Just, I mean, there, there was as bad as the defense was across the board, there were like, there was a, Two solid lines, two solid forward lines in this game that were actually playing solid defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, this team is ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, there was also a forward line that was absolutely horrid in this game, um, and that was yeah, the right. Michael Rasmussen, Adam Ernie, and Taro Hirose line. They logged just seven minutes and nineteen seconds of ice time together. They had an expected goals for a percentage of 20% and a negative 50 expected goals for a percentage relative. Taro Hirose in his debut um, had expected goals for a percentage himself of 25, 
25 points under where you want a player to be. And then his relative was minus 47. So not the best from that fourth line. And I'm not, I mean, a a line that had just seven minutes on the ice probably isn't going to have a huge impact on that, but you don't want to see those numbers that damn low. Yeah, no, that's that's it's pretty uh, bad. It's not great, not great, Bob. No. Uh, hey, Philip Zadina scored. Hey, he did, man. It was nice too. That was a rocket. That was it one was. time. No. One time for the one time. That was a snipe show. Those are the types of goals that you, you when you draft a guy sixth overall, and he's just gonna fill the pucks with nets, as I tend to say. Um, those are the types of goals you expect him to score. Yeah, man. That uh, that that that. That goal, that one, wait, well, oh, I forgot the hashtag. I was going to set it up. Endorphin pump. Endorphins pumping. Endorphins pumping. Yeah. Yeah. That that one gets the endorphins pumping. Did you not like my pun I made on uh, Raymond's goal? I don't know if I saw it. I said. uh, I'd be muted. Oh, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) I said, Lucas Raymond scores on a Koski mistake. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know what? That that's that's like riding the line of like genius and horrible at the same time. That's you know the I mean? line I like to ride. <laughs> that's right where I want to be. That's right in my wheelhouse, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess in the end there were I don't want to say there were more positives in the in this game than there were negatives. It's just like it's it's really hard to enjoy the 55 minutes of fun, uh, explosive offensive hockey the Red Wings scored when the first five minutes basically set them up for failure in this game. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it, 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 was, it, it was very on brand for both teams. Both teams yeah. played exactly to their brand for this season. More well, so than, than ever. And when we were previewing it, we talked about how they're basically just Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid. And outside of that, they have a ton of depth issues. And I mean, if the Red Wings were able to capitalize on that, how do you, how does this team expect? I mean, they're third in the Pacific division, but how does they're, this team expect to compete in the playoffs? If you can't, if you can't get past the Red Wings without giving up five goals. Yeah, no, they're, uh, it, I mean, let it be known. Their goaltending situation is going to be a problem. And their it's, defense is going to be a problem. It's, yes. Oh, a- absolutely. But yeah, every, everything that's not that's not the top two lines offensively is going to be an issue. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, tomorrow on tomorrow's episode, so we I want to bring it up now because we have to, but we're just basically teasing it for tomorrow's episode. Frank Saravelli uh, came out and said that the. Detroit Red Wings are open to trading Tyler Bertuzzi. And so we are definitely going to be talking about that and breaking down some situations and scenarios uh, on Thursday's episode of Lockdown Red Wings. But as far as wrapping up tonight's episode goes, man, it is, it's tearing me apart. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Um, Wow. I should not have done that. That was really bad. I'm so sorry. That was awful. I can recognize that. Um, anyways, I'm not cutting it either. People are going to have to cringe. They're going to have to cringe. 
say something, please, anything at all. Scotty, don't leave me hanging, man. He's not saying anything. Okay, all right, uh, moving on. It is definitely tearing me apart because they showed signs of life, and I love the heart, and I love the effort, and I will never take that away. But they got to find a way to start the game off on the right foot and just not give up five-plus goals. Something's got to give. Uh, I think you're wrong. I don't think anything's got to give this season. You know what? And that's also another great point to bring up on tomorrow's episode is they're so far out of it at this point that maybe it's a blessing in disguise. So that's something else we can talk about tomorrow. We'll talk about it. On uh, Lockdown Red Wings. Any final thoughts? Bry, Chevy to the levee. But the, but the levee, levee was, was Bry. Oh, oh. Paul Brian. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. We ball. Uh, we ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.